0: Fantastic. God is so good to us, eh? Eh? see eh? Getting more Canadian by the day, eh? And, um, yeah, so today is um, Next Step or Stepping Up Sunday. We're going to share a little bit about that. Um, you'll see uh, people with badges like this and so on. There's um, after, so if you can stay behind a little bit. We're running a little bit behind, but um, uh, just pretend it's like Game 3 and uh, third period over time and we're winning. So, um, um, also, yeah, we want to invite you to have a coffee with us after us, meet us. We, we do lattes and we do all kinds of things there and specialty co- coffees. And for you today, just one more day only, it's free. So go and grab a coffee afterwards. That'll be great and so on. And um, so last week um, I started... Um, talking about what it means to serve in the body of Christ and God's expectation. I don't want to re-preach that. I'll just go through, um, just to lay a platform, but they'll be online if you want to hear about them, and uh, I, I encourage you to do so. And so after the service, uh, we would love you, if you'd like to get more involved in in various areas of the church, we'll put, put those up at the end, please come speak to us. Um, and, and so on. So, yeah, so we looked at what it means to be a member of God's household. That our value and identity, I don't know where I got this table from, but it's really fun. I'm, get, I'm getting seasick just seeing my notes here. <laughs> that our value and identity <laughs> before God comes from who we are and not what we do. We saw this in scriptures like Romans 8, 16 and 17. And it's very important because if we get our identity in what we do, when we do well, we feel good. And when we're not doing so well, we feel terrible. And God doesn't see us like that. In Romans, um, in Romans 8, 6, 16 and 17, can I get another one? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So uh, this is for free. Anybody can have it? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now I've got to stand on something. Anybody got a brick here or something, I can say? Yeah. Romans Romans 8:16 to17. amazing passage. And I encourage you to go and meditate on just these two scriptures because this is the key to our identity. Identity. It says in verse 16, The Holy Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also Share in his glory. I just want to say this here. There's no higher standing in the universe. And it's automatic as we uh, give our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ that God bestows this on us as his children, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And we need to get our identity from that. We are seated in Christ. We're heirs of God, co-heirs of Christ, and everything else we do from then, every function we do in the body of Christ is not to gain His approval because we are already approved. And I often meet people that are striving and striving with because they don't understand father love. I came from a single parent family too and it's something I struggled with. But the more I meditate on these scriptures, the more I meditate on who God is and what He's done for us and His love, the easier it becomes for me to serve him. We don't serve him to gain his approval. We serve him because we are already approved. I'd love you to remember that. You see, we don't serve him out of fear and obligation either, but out of love and gratitude. We are one body. Set it here today, it's gonna to be a short message because I want to give us time uh, to fellowship and get involved in the church if you like to, but one body, many members with diverse gifting and anointing. This is important for us to know too because when we operate in our gift, we, we see the grace, feel the grace of God and uh, it's a wonderful place to be. But when we, when we are striving because we feel, well, what I'm doing really isn't much, that's when it goes wrong. Because God gives us grace to do what we're doing. And when we do it well, he does add to our gifting and anointing for sure. But like I say, it's not through striving, it's through love. And Paul speaks of this in in Romans chapter 12, verse three to nine. He's speaking to the church and he says this, speaking exactly of, of what we're talking about. He says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Could I also say this, do not think of yourself more lowly than you ought. We've just heard who we are in Christ, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. You see, what we do, what I'm doing today is not my identity, it's a function, it's a calling of the body of Christ. And so in Christ, we who are many for one body and each member belongs to each other. I encourage you to go and read 1 Corinthians 12. I won't be able to do that today. But as the body of Christ and how we need each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, we've just heard about that, and please come to, that, um, to those meetings, you'll be really blessed by them. Um, let him do it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And if it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. There's so many more gifts, but just in this here, you can see the diverse gifts, and each one are important. Maybe somebody here today needed to hear Amy's story for themselves, and they might get more out of that than the preacher or the worship. Maybe somebody here today just needs a hug or somebody to love them, and, uh, and so on. And so God is putting us gifts in us, mercy gifts, grace gifts, leadership gifts, encouraging gifts, Giving gifts and leadership, as I said, and mercy. I want to say something that really caught my eye a few years ago while I was uh, reading through this. It's interesting that God put leadership second last. Because in a functional or organizational um, system, we would put the leaders at the top and the mercy givers and the servants at the bottom. Jesus, in fact, says we're all called to serve, and we serve in our gifts. And I don't believe that is put there like that to say that leadership isn't important because leaders need to lead well and govern diligently. I think he does that because he knows that in our own thought, we would think that that is more important than the the mercy giver or anybody else. But like I said, I've often um, had people come to me and, uh, uh, after they've been at the church a while. And ask asked them, you know, why Oceanside? I'd just love to hear why they, they've chosen to come to this church. And I can't tell you over this how many times it was because somebody greeted them at the door. Somebody took time with them. Somebody had a coffee with them. And I'm thinking, um, what about the preaching? <laughs> I'm yet to get one of those. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm not. Uh, uh, no, I'm not. My wife's gift is not mercy giving. Right? Uh, she... <laughs> you see, when we understand that every function in the body of Christ is necessary, every function is necessary for the wholeness of the body. The body cannot function pulses that I can't, with an eye with a, the with a mouth, with, um, with arms, with legs. And do you know when you know when your body's hurting, that becomes the most important part of your body. You might not know you've got a nerve in your tooth right now, but you might know tomorrow if you've got a hole in your tooth. And you realize, man, I need that there. And that that nerve is there to warn you so you can fix your teeth. So every single nerve, every fiber, every person in this body is important to God. And we're going to see what God's expectation is. You see, when we understand this, all striving ceases. Because we function under the gaze of a Father who loves us unconditionally, not because of what we do, but because of who we are. You see, the wheels of the bus come off when identity is found in what we do rather than who we are. All Paul is saying here is that as sons and daughters and family members of God, God's household, we are equally responsible for the upkeep and the maintenance and resourcing of God's household. Paul writes of this in Galatians 6 verse 5. For each one should carry his own load. And if I could have a chair here, please, and I can have two strong guys. Come on, Greg, where are you? And others, come on, two guys. There's one, another one. So I'm going to sit on this chair, and they're going to hold me up in the air while I preach. The whole time. This is how important I am. Okay, okay. Lift with Be the careful. back. Be careful. Be careful. Lift with the back. I don't know if I want. I didn't think they'd Three, do, actually two, one. do Okay. There we are. There we are. Uh, okay. So, how long do you think they could do this for? Till now. Put it down. <laughs> so, I knew there was a reason I sat. Yeah, there we are. Okay. You Thank you stuff? so much. No. Good. So as God increases the load in the body, he adds more people because they were able to pick, pick me up. But if there were four of me up here, they wouldn't be able to do it. Maybe could. I don't know. But not for long. And that's what the body is. Each of us, a little load. If there's a 10-ton load and we've got everybody carrying 10 pounds, we can go further than 10 people carrying a ton each. And that's how it grows. And that's why the body can grow. The body can um, reach out. The body can do what it's called no matter how big it is. God is not into big church or small church, he's into both. He's into the body of Christ. When people say oh, they met in house to house, what they forget is 3,000 got saved in a day. Yeah. And I want to tell you, if revival breaks out in this city and another two, 3,000 people came in here hurting and broken, we better be ready. We better be ready. And we could be able to carry that if we carry it together. And that's the thing with volunteers. I've done this in, for many years to encourage them to stay the course because they get tired and weary. And this is not to put a heavy on the church. This is just a reality. And that's the responsibility of a household. When, when uh, I had my children, they were given chores. When visitors came, I didn't ask them to take out the trash. So if you visitors and just checking in. But surely my kids needed to mow the lawn and do stuff like that. Uh, and that's what God's saying. Listen, all I'm saying is carry your part of the load, whether it's one pound, 10 pounds, or 100 pounds. It doesn't matter. You see, in First Peter 4, verse 8 to 11, he, he speaks about God's family in this way. It starts with love. Everything we do needs to be motivated by love. Love for God and love for each other. And we cannot love each other fully without loving God because our love tanks get empty and we need to come daily into our Father's presence and be affirmed by Him. And this is what Peter writes under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Above all, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean love condones sin. It means that we have grace for people who do fall into sin because we are one decision ourselves away from maybe being in that position ourselves. It makes space for restoration. Galatians 6, if someone is caught in sin, you who are mature should restore that person gently. And then it says in verse 2, but watch out or you too will be tempted. And so we have to make space for people. We have to make space for ourselves. God does not condone sin. God hates sin. And the reason he hates sin is simply for this. Sin separates us from God. And he wants us together with him. So he gave this proud position to die for us. And we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God is a God of redemption. God is a God of love. And even Amy's husband, I've never met him. I don't know who his name is. And so God can heal him. God can set him free and God has saved him. And we need to be praying or well, watch out or we too will be tempted. Unfortunately, I've been involved recently in a, in a church where things have gone wrong um, uh, in another part of North America and uh, helping that church um, um, deal with things in there. And it's been absolutely tragic. Well, one of the amazing things that I saw, I was there for a week that by the end of the week, after the, the anger and the frustration, which is all normal, how that church began to come together again in unity. For we all sin. And I don't want to harp on that, but this is not saying here, as some people would like to say, that yes, love covers a multitude of sins, therefore it doesn't matter. It does matter, but when we do sin, we have the love, mercy, and God for us. Amen? Yes. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received. We've just heard of some of those gifts, grace gifts, serving and all of those things, to serve others. So the gift that God gives me, I've got to use to serve you. And the gift that God has given you, you've got to use to serve Us, I said this last week, somebody set up the chairs. Wouldn't it be crazy if we had to stand here for an hour and a half every Sunday while the guy preached? It's an amazing gift, the gift of servanthood. And God sees it as a high calling. Everything you do, because our identity is not what we do in what we do, but who we are, God's children. But it's out of that, like any father, he has expectation for to, uh, to us to serve. And he says, each one should use whatever gift he has to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaks in the very words of God. If anyone serves, listen to this, he should do it with all the strength God provides. Why should we do that? He says, so that in all things, uh, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And I was just thinking about that as I was going through these, uh, this early this morning and, and um, not wanting to preach too long, but just to share some of these things. It's an amazing thing that the way we serve and the attitude we can can either bring glory to God or not. Yeah. Now, often my kids didn't want to take out the trash. <laughs> You know what I mean? We serve in humility. We're not really serving each other. We're serving Him. And as we do this, and people like Amy's and so come in here, there are people you heard gave mowed the lawn, gave her a, a bed, did all of these things, took her bowling. Amazing. She glorified God because of that. well, How spiritual is bowling? Well, will ask Amy. Very spiritual. She was, over. she was bowled over. Just go. You see, authentic Christianity is all about loving the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our souls and all our strength and thereby loving our neighbors as ourselves. That's the first and the greatest commandment. When Jesus was asked by a religious man, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, but love your neighbor as yourself. The story of the Good Samaritan comes in. And this Pharisee says, well, who's my neighbor wanting to justify himself? And he tells the story about two religious people walking, about a man leaving him for dead, and a sinner comes and picks him up so, and, and looks after him. And then he says, who's your neighbor? And the guy says, the one who looked after him. And he simply says, go and do likewise. We glorify God through our deeds. We glorify God through our love for others. Often, St. Francis of Assisi said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. An amazing, amazing, amazing thing to see a heart change and soften because we love them and care for them without judging them. We serve God by caring and honoring and serving one another because the way God works is He cares for His people through people. He cares for His family. He cares for everyone. He cares everything through us. And I want us to be that people where people find love, forgiveness, and acceptance. Where people can take what they've learned here. This is part of our vision statement. Take what they've learned, apply it to themselves, and share it with their neighbors and their nations. It's part of our vision statement. A gathering, healing. Training, sending church. That's our vision statement. What does that mean? We want to gather people together. Christians that are looking for a home, burned stones, people that have been hurt by the church, maybe, people that don't know God. We want to gather together. But what we want to do is we want them to see them healed. And that's a process. You may come in here, it might take you six months, a year before you feel ready to serve, and that's okay. But sometimes part of the healing is helping others. And we gather together, and we want to see spiritually, mentally, emotionally healed. And then we want to equip them. And we have a Bible school, uh, and School of the Bible, and you can go listen to years of, of, of what's on there. Because we want to equip them, and then we want to send you. And where do we want to send you? We want to send you to your mission field. And where is our mission field? Right outside this door. Your mission f- field might be called McDonald's. It might be called uh, uh, in, in um, a store or in a hospital or something. God has placed you there. And the amazing thing about it, he even pays you to be a missionary. Use the world's money to, to serve you as a missionary in the hospital. How many of you work in the hospital for free? No. You get paid well. Isn't that awesome? Put you in McDonald's because there are people there that need to be gathered. They need healing. They need to know of this love of God. Right where we are, our mission field is right outside this door, but it's Starts here and extends to all the nations. Two weeks time I'm going to be in Haiti and uh, part of a team that's going to do a leadership training time. I've just been told this week that they're expecting four to 500 leaders at this. So it's not just here. But it's not also just over there. When I get to Haiti or when I get to India, I'll be this great missionary. And God says, Start here and I'll send you there anyway. Amen? It says this Paul writes this in Colossians 3, and I'm nearly finished 15 to 17. Speaking of these things, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you have been called to peace and be thankful. I often look at just a scripture like that and say, God, if I could only fully just live out that one scripture, what my, how my life would change. You see, this, the Bible is not a textbook. It's a living word of God. And you can read and read and read and it means nothing. One day, This Logos written word becomes a rhema and it jumps off the page and it hits your heart. And you might have to chew on that for days. Say, God, what are you talking to me through this? Not like I've done this chapter. Please read your Bible cover to cover as many times as you can. But it's not how many pages and chapters you've read. It's what is God speaking to you. And sometimes I get stuck on one verse as I say, God, please. I don't have this peace in my heart. Please, Lord God, help me be thankful through this time. And then God's and let the message of Christ dwell amongst you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to giving thanks. To the Father through Him, you see, we're not actually serving each other; we're serving God. And Jesus, the servant leader, the humility of God, God Himself, God incarnate. Philippians chapter two. Your attitude should be that is the same as the Lord Jesus Christ, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, although He was God. But made himself nothing. Taking on the nature of a servant. And becoming made in human in likeness. He humbled himself. To, even unto death on a cross. The servant king. God incarnate. The most incredible thing. That God would choose to come and die for us so that the relation broken by sin could be restored in and through him. And it says this after that, therefore God exalted him. We do not have to exalt ourselves, church. We do not have to do that. We humble ourselves, we serve God, and let God do what he will do. And God exalted him to the highest place, And gave him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess, whether in this life or the next, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's our attitude. Your attitude should be that of the same as Lord Jesus Christ and I must say sometimes my attitude (laughs) stinks and I need an attitude adjustment and God gave me Deborah to do that (laughs) but here's why he did that and this is what I want to leave us for you're not serving me you're not serving the elders you're not serving the church you're not doing I'm not doing you a favor I'm not yes I am serving you in a sense, but I'm serving Him, the Father. That's who I'm serving. This is a high calling. If you're serving me, then it's, why would you do that? But when we understand who we truly are serving, that this is His church. This is Jesus Christ's body. And through serving each other and serving the city, we are serving Him. It makes it so much easier to get out of bed when you don't feel like it. To, to, to prepare or serve or whatever God calls you to do. In Colossians 3.23 sums it up to me. And so I want to tell you, when you ask you to serve, like I say, please, God will provide and he always has. And this is not something that uh, you need to be obligated to do at this stage. Please, if you are still settling in in this church, but if you've been here around here for a while, and you may have even taken a break for a while, I want to encourage you because there's fulfillment that comes in serving others. It's an amazing thing. And he says, whatever you do, this is at the end of this chapter, work at it with all your heart. Why? Because you're working for the Lord and not human masters. So I want to pray for us, and we're going to put some slides up. Very simple message, and God is doing amazing things. But I have a sense, this city, there's approximately 100,000, and the pastors have come to the conclusion that less than 5,000 go to church. On a Sunday. Less than that. That's been generous. Therefore, in Nanaimo alone, <laughs> we have 95,000 people They need to hear the gospel or rehear it or be drawn back into the body of Christ if they've been heard of. 95,000. That means we could have 95 churches more of 1,000 each in the city. And that's what God wants. He loves us, but he loves the ones on the streets. He loves the, the ones on, uh, in addictions. He loves them all. He loves the homeless. He loves ten City. He loves all of those people. and He wants us to be those hands and feet and go and love them. But he says in his word, if we can't love each other, how are we going to love everybody else? If we can't serve each other, and that's where this starts. And so I'm going to pray that God will, will speak to our hearts And that he will challenge us and me. I don't want to become complacent in what God has for me either. I haven't arrived. And so, Father God, I thank you for this beautiful people. Lord, I thank you for the call upon so many lives here, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, I just pray for your rain to come down right now upon us. I pray that in the precious, precious name of Jesus. Say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, for the ones that have grown weary and doing good, Lord. Lord, I pray for a refreshing rain. Lord, the ones that have been overwhelmed by the tasks and had to step back, Lord, I just pray you refresh them, Lord God, because you love them, Lord. Lord, the ones that have, are still seeking you or seeking a, a new church home, Lord God, I pray that you reveal them, yourself to them in a greater way. But Father God, I pray, Lord God, that you will use us for the extension of your kingdom. I pray that we'll see that church is not an event on a Sunday for an hour and a half or two. Church is who we are, a lifestyle. A lifestyle, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that as we serve each other, Lord, we we will be aware of those around us that you put us in contact with wherever we work, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you give us humility and courage courage to serve them. Lord, that our, word, that, our, that our lifestyle will speak more than our words and they will come. As I've heard many times in testimonies, people saying, not only to me, but others, there's something different. Or can you help me? And that we'll be ready, Lord God. Lord, be it mowing a neighbor, a widow's lawn next door to us. Lord, be it shoveling snow for somebody or, or a, a mom with a single mom who needs a break from her kiddies. There's so many ways we can serve, Lord, both in and outside of the body. So make us aware of that, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that we will see, Lord God, that we are not serving man. I'm not serving this church. Nobody is serving me. We're all serving you. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.